0: So last weekend, I revamped my personal office space and our family room space. And in just a few days, it has already done so much for me. It has given me a refreshed sense of productivity in my daily work, rekindled a passion for content creation, which led me to start a new Instagram, at The Michael Heredia. You can follow me if you'd like. And I hope it will eventually help me finally start a YouTube channel, which is something I've been talking about for years and just never have done it. And overall, it's just made me happy and caused me to think about how our environment influences us in so many ways. It has me thinking of the way of different ways to curate my own environment to help me to be more productive, to find more fulfillment in my work, and just to overall be a happier person. And since for me, a large portion of my week is spent in this office space here, I want to be sure that the environment that I'm in is curated well enough. To help, me set, to help set me up to be as productive and as fulfilled as possible. So with that said, for today's episode, I want to try something a little different. I want to read a blog by James Clear called, How is your environment design impacting your choices and what will you do to improve it? Now, if you can't tell, I'm a big James Clear fan and my wife Caitlin always gives me a ton of junk for it because I talk about him all the time on this podcast, but it's okay because I love it. Now, this is a blog that I've saved as a resource in my Notion account, and I come back to it quite often and actually came back to it before revamping this office space here. And I think it's a perfect beginning spot for any conversations around curating your own environment. So with that said, let's jump in. Making changes can be difficult. It's hard to get motivated to do something over and over again even if you know that it's good for you. But what if I told you there was a different option, something that didn't require an ounce of motivation? Here's the deal. Eric Johnson is a researcher at Columbia University, and Daniel Goldstein is a researcher at the London Business School. Together, they conducted a surprising study that revealed just how much your environment impacts your behavior, often without even realizing it. And here's what they discovered. The researchers collected data from 11 countries in Europe, the data showed the percentage of people in each country who had selected to be an organ donor. The following chart, which I will have linked in the show notes, shows the difference differences in organ donors by country. Notice that there is one group of countries where the percentages of organ donors are very low, which is on the left, and one group of countries where the percentage of, of organ donors are very high, on the right. When the researchers looked at this graph, it was somewhat confusing. Initially, they thought that the differences in donations would be caused by factors like religion and culture, but that wasn't the case at all. For example, Denmark and Sweden are located right next to one another. They have many geographic, cultural, and social similarities. You would expect their donation rates would be roughly the same. And yet, only 4% of the population in Denmark has chosen to become an organ donor, while almost 86% of the population in Sweden has chosen to donate. What could it account for such drastic differences? Are the people in Denmark just more selfish than the people in Sweden? As it turns out, the people in Denmark aren't more selfish than the people in Sweden. The difference in donation rates was due to the type of form that each country sent out. The countries with low rates of organ donors sent out a form that said, if you want to be an organ donor, check here. In other words, the form required people to opt in. Meanwhile, the countries with high rates of donation... Sent out a form that said, if you don't want to be an organ donor, check here. In other words, the form required people to opt out. The difference was astounding. And here's why this is important. If someone asked why or why not, why or why not choose to be an organ donor, you'd probably come up with an important reason for your answer. After all, being an organ donor seems like a very personal decision. But the truth is, whether or not you choose to be an organ donor had more to do with the type of form you were sent than anything else. Consider the impact of this. If a simple form can make such a drastic difference in your choices, how do other pieces of your environment impact you on a daily basis? What is going on here, and how can you use it to improve your life? The researchers summarized the impact of environmental design by saying, in most cases, the majority of people choose to default option to which they were assigned. In other words, most of us respond the same way to the cues that surround us. If you were sent a form that asks you to make a tough decision, you'll probably go with the default option. If you see a cookie on the counter, you'll probably eat it. If you hear music, you'll probably start tapping your feet. You may think that you control most of your choices, but the truth is a large portion of your actions every day are simply a response to the environment design around you. The forms you are mailed, the food on your kitchen counter, the items on your desk at work, they all impact your behavior in one way or another. Bringing it back to the researcher's quote, we could say that your environment is the quote, default option to which you are assigned. The environment you surround yourself with determines the default actions that you take on a day to day basis. Guess what? This is the good news because now you can design your environment for success. And here's how. By changing your surroundings, you can place a hurdle in the way of bad behaviors and remove the barriers to good ones. I like to refer to this strategy as environment design. And here's an easy way to apply environment design to your own life think about your environment in relation to the number of steps it takes to perform a habit. To make good habits easier, reduce the number of steps to do them. To make bad habits harder, increase the number of steps between you and the habit. So here's some examples eat more vegetables dark green plates, and you will automatically serve yourself 30% more when you eat your f- eat foods that are dark green in color, like spinach, broccoli, and leafy greens. I covered the science behind this pattern in this article, which is also linked in the article linked in the show notes. Reduce mindless eating. I don't know about you, but if I see a cookie sitting on the kitchen counter, then I'm going to eat it. I don't even need to be hungry. It's just there. So I respond. I'm simply reacting to my environment. Make life easier on yourself by removing unhealthy food from your view but healthier options like fruit and nuts on the kitchen counter. Turn on the TV less often. Pick up your remote and put it in the drawer, a closet, or somewhere out of sight. Where your remote used to be, put a book. If you want to watch TV, not just when you're bored, but when there is actually a show that you want to see, you can walk up to the TV and turn it on. This also prevents mindless channel surfing and makes it more likely that you'll pick up a book instead of the remote control. Here's another TV stopper. Watching TV is a perfect example of responding to your environment. You walk into the living room, and if you walk into any living room in America, where all the couches and cha- what are all the couches and chairs facing? Directly toward the TV. The screen is the first thing you see when you sit down, so it's no wonder you turn it on when you're bored. Turn the couches and chairs in your living room so that they don't face the TV at all. You'll watch less TV and hopefully read more, talk more, or move more. If you're really bold, unplug the TV and put it in a closet for the next week. Give that a try, and you'll begin to notice how your environment impacts your behavior. Start flossing. I floss every day, but it wasn't always that way. Previously, I never remembered to take the floss out of the drawer and use it. Then I bought a small bowl, dropped a handful of pre-made flossers in it, and set it next to my toothbrush. The simple change in my environment was all I needed to start flossing consistently. What a small visual cue can make for yourself. In each example, you are adjusting your environment design so that the number of steps between you and a good behavior is less than before the number of steps between you and a bad behavior. You can use this general idea to adjust many behaviors in your life. So here's where to go from here. Most of the time, we assume that to take a certain action, we need to have an incentive. You hear people say this all the time. I need to get motivated or I need to have a good reason for doing X, Y, and Z. We also assume this same approach for managing and motivating others. Managers and leaders will often assume that they need to incentivize their employees, teammates, or students to take a particular action. It's easy to imagine the countries in the organ donation study sending out an educational mailing to motivate their citizens to donate or offering an incentive to the people who choose to become organ donors. Environment design paints a different picture. It proves that our choices and preference can be crafted by the environment around us. Suddenly, it becomes apparent that we don't need to be motivated or incentivized to take action. We simply need to surround, be surrounded by the right cues. Imagine if your world, your home, your office, your gym... All of it was crafted in a way that made, a, that made good behaviors easier and the bad behaviors harder. How often would you make healthy and productive choices if they simply were your default response to your environment? And how much easier would that be than trying to motivate yourself all the time? Most of the time, you don't actively choose the environment that surrounds you, but it doesn't have to be that way. How is your environment design impacting your choices and what will you do to improve it? And that concludes the blog portion of this. Again, I will link this in the show notes. But I do want to close out here today on this Open Source Friday with just, with just a few things. Whatever environment you find yourself in, I challenge you, and obviously James Clear challenges you, to think about ways in which you can create and curate that environment to help you improve yourself, your relationships, your productivity, and so much more. So whatever day you're listening to this whatever day you're listening to this podcast think about these questions that James posed at the end of his blog, at the end of his blog how is your environment design impacting your choices and what will you do to improve it That's it for today I'm going to redo this portion of it So that concludes the blog component of So that concludes James's blog component. Again, I will have all of this linked in the show notes, so be sure to check that out, um, both here on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to the podcast, or you can view this entire blog on our website, and it'll be directly linked to James Clear's website, which I completely recommend that you go and check it out. But I do want to conclude with this today. Whatever environment you may find yourself in, I challenge you, and of course, James Clear challenges you to think about ways in which you can create and curate that environment to help you to improve yourself, your relationships, your productivity, and so much more. So as you go about your day, no matter what day it is that you're listening to this, think about those questions that he concluded his blog with. How is your environment design impacting your choices? And what will you do to improve it? Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys next time.